Before you dive into this exciting episode, I'd like to let you know about the Squash Playbook, your tactical blueprint for success. The playbook is written based on the most common solutions I have given to the people I coach over the last 20 years. It is the ultimate how-to guide for any squash fan, and you can grab a free copy right away by visiting squashplaybook.com or clicking on the link in the show notes. Are you freaked out by that hard-hitting hacker? Frustrated with running out of ideas against the relentless retriever? Want to close out matches more clinically when in the lead? Or do you need some mental tools to overcome bad calls by referees? These answers plus many more have been brought together all in one place for the squash community. The Squash Playbook is a practical toolkit that breaks down over 40 scenarios that are most commonly faced on the court. Each scenario provides the psychology and the strategy needed to get a positive result. Each chapter wraps up with the top six key points to keep things simple and practical. The aim of the book is to transform reactive players into proactive tacticians. I focus on breaking down complex situations into straightforward, effective strategies for those high pressure moments in a match. So why not grab your copy now and step onto the court next time with a clear head and a set of strategies to win those matches you know you're capable of. Please enjoy the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Squash community. Welcome to the next episode of the Squash Mind podcast series. And today's guest, I think, is going to be a real treat for you to start to have a look at or understand and investigate some of the major success the Egyptians are having on the world game. Today's guest is Haysam Ifat, arguably one of the best coaches out there in the world at the moment, working with the right top end of the Egyptian professionals that are out there competing, playing, winning multiple titles week in, week out. And he has fostered a lot of the juniors that are now in the seniors. He is currently still working with a lot of juniors. So if you don't know some of his players, I'm going to list a few. And it could could shock you a little bit, but this is how amazing he has done with his players and how well he is performing with them and how well he will look to perform with them in the future, I believe. So players that he's currently working with are Tarek Momin, Marwan Al-Shabagi, Hania Hamami, Yusuf Solomon, and Todd Harity. 
There are a whole bunch of other professionals that he's working with, but those are some of the big names that come off straight away. And previously, he has worked with Raneem Al-Walili, Nur Al-Tayeb, and was the personal trainer for Rami Oshua and was his close friend and compatriot throughout the years that Rami was playing. So that speaks volumes, doesn't it? <laughs> the, the, the players he is continually in contact with, working with, you know, pushing them right to those top, top ends of the world ranking. And as I said, winning many titles along the way. So it was a real good treat to sit down with Heisem. And I apologize slightly in advance for the audio quality. It was a little bit in and out. And I've done my best to edit it and make it sound as good as possible. But hopefully you will get some real good insights into what we were talking about and some of the deep dives into the mental side of the game of some of the Egyptian players. I go down a bit of a rabbit hole with him, talking about why Egyptian players are so mentally tough. And he gives his viewpoint on this. Also what it's like coaching in the Egyptian landscape. He's very big on relationships with his players and how he goes and creates these relationships and even more so how to build the character of the players he's working with and give some real gems and nuggets of great advice on, on how to do this and thinking about players or coaches out there, how we can look to do this within our players and how we can look to grow the stronger with the players we work with closely and often. We also talk about players' game plans and how he sets out game plans and how he talks about these. And also we finish off with what his view on is where the game is going to progress and where it's going to go to the next level. So I think it's going to be a real cool one, this one. Uh, I enjoy doing it and I hope that I can sit down with him again in the future to have a real deep dive into some of the Egyptian mindsets and what is going on and what is contributing to the success. But hopefully this is a small snippet of that. And I welcome Haisim Ifat. Hi, Sim Ifat. Welcome to the next episode of the Squash Mind podcast series. How are you keeping over there in Egypt? Yeah, Egypt is like for me amazing. Like right now, since like all the countries are locked down more than us, so we have more free time. I'm not saying that we are free now, but I mean it's like much easier to like hang out and play as much squash than other countries, and that's amazing for us. Yeah, cool. No, it seems like I think most most of the pro players probably want to just move to Egypt for six months and, and maybe have their career there and see what happens. So, Actually, in the last period, a lot of like um, professional players come from different countries to stay in Egypt, India, like Indian players and like some from the States, some from Canada. Like okay. I, find, I find a bunch of a lot of foreigners like this these days because it is an opportunity to practice before the tournament. Some Amazing. countries are not open yet. I was actually joking about that, but it actually is, is real. Yeah, you're actually seeing a lot more foreigners in Egypt right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot, <laughs> a lot from different countries. Oh wow, cool. Okay, well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they all start changing their style of play in the next maybe six months to a year. We'll see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully they do. <laughs> so, listen, I think a good place to start is to let the listeners know some of your background as maybe a player to begin with, but how you've also come to this point in your career. Uh, can you can you give us some background, please? Yeah, background like I was, I wasn't, I was a good player, like squash player. Not like like I was a top in my in country in Egypt, maybe four or five. Mm-hmm. Like we, uh, I came in generation of Rami and Mossad and Tarek, so it was hard to compete with. <laughs> oh, well, like actually, I have a good matches with them, but I never beat someone like the top three. Yeah, and by chance, like I was, like I was like uh, I represent my country outside and inside. Uh, in different locations or in different locations. Uh, so I always have an experience as a junior, but at the time at the university, I, I, 
get like uh, joining uh, one of the top like universities in Egypt. So I have to give my time to university more than squash. And uh, by chance, I was going to come back, but like the first time, like Amir Wadi who saw me, like, give me a chance to train just by luck because he's injured. I just do it for fun, and he he started to believe. Oh, you will be an amazing coach. That's how it is sorted. Then okay, my like the head coach of like the junior national coach right now. It was a head coach of like a club at that time called Ahmed Mutani. He he just recruited me as a coach in in mm. the club, and I started to train Rami, Ranim, Noor, and these guys at the beginning, and everybody believed in me. Thanks God. So that's how it starts. Awesome. And listen, we're going to get into a lot more detail about some of your players. And, and listen, you are, you are, you know, mentoring and coaching some of the greatest players in the world at the moment. So for me to have this chat with you and understand what's going on in the mind is, is just a, a real treat. And, but just talk about a little bit, you know, okay, you were behind an amazing generation of players. Do you think this then helped you as a coach later on to not necessarily be the best player? And, and do you think you learned along the way some, some good coaching methods because you weren't the best? Um, I think like um, as I told uh, as is like uh, obviously for everybody the coach and the players not only the players like get the experience from the, the coach but also the coach like has different ideas from different mm. players like I mean when you play with Ranin for example you learn from from her something even if you're a coach if you play with Maron you will learn from him something if you play with Tarek you have different ideas so when you play with different players you get different ideas even it's not like you can put it in your mind so you are like improving yourself that's my opinion even mm -hmm. like watching different players you got different techniques and different thoughts and mm -hmm. that's for me of course like if you ask me about the passion of course when you don't have the chance to be one of the top players as a professional player when you go to the, the tournament and you achieve and your players win world champs or british open or major event you feel that you like fulfill your um, your passion and uh, and self achievement, and that's of course that that's obvious. Like make you so proud of yourself. So that if you ask me, you miss the the sport. I would say no because my position. I feel that I'm still playing. Mm. Oh no! It sounds like and, and listen, you're 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 young. You're still the same age as, as these people playing, and and you know which is brilliant. Yeah. So you are you're not living for yeah. that's that's harsh to say because you are you're, you're mentoring, you're influencing them, and and when when I've spoken to some of your players, they say they they see you, they respect you as a coach, obviously, but they you're on their level as well. You know, you understand them. It's it's not like yeah. it, the the relationship is strong. Would you say is that what you work on that relationship between you and the player? Yeah, like as I told you, as I told everybody, uh, the relation between the coach and the player is not only in side school, because it's a lot of uh, emotions and mental barriers even outside. Like if you have a problem outside, it will come to the like in court. So yeah. if you don't have the good connection or relationship with the, the player, as if one family, so to to face this issue. You, he will struggle and you don't understand why he on that day he's not sharp or he, he have a mood swing or but if he open up to you and you know his character well you can help him to get uh, through this period or this session or this day mm. even in the matches you know you sometimes you wake up in the match and you're not mentally ready so if your coach is not well connected to you it will be uh, a massive problem
Mm, no, totally. And it sounds like you, you, you've got that, that, that pretty, pretty set at the moment. But um, we, just before we came on, we were having a bit of chat about, you know, uh, mental toughness and the environment. But maybe it leads me to my next question is, what's it like coaching and working in the Egyptian squash landscape? Because there's obviously a lot of pressure on the players. Is there a lot of pressure on the coaches as well? It depends on your character, to be honest. Like, uh, it varies from different coaches. For me, I actually more excited when I come to the tournament. Uh, like people, like a lot of coaches like to have their training because it's less stressful. But for, for me, training is more stressful than the tournament. Okay. Actually, I got excited more when I go to the tournament. So even in pandemic, I was very bored. I want to go to the tournaments. And the players know that. Like I, I, I Because it's a challenge for me. Even I winning or losing, it doesn't matter for me because I will see my player how... Like, if he win, I would be uh, proud and happy. And I will go back, even he winning or losing, and see what we can develop. Nice. But without a tournament, I can't improve myself. I can't improve my my players that much. I can. I would. I will improve them as much as I can. But in real situation, it's a tournament. Mm. So if I go to the tournament, I know which this player like improving, how I get my player to beat this guy easily, how we get him dominating what the the problem that we can fix mm. so if there is no tournament there's no fun for yeah. me so actually it is a pressure of course but i know i enjoy this pressure and i love to go to the tournaments uh, like everything nice yeah no it, it sounds like you you view it as yes you're looking for your players to improve but you as a coach is also improving from the tournaments you're both like of working course. together yeah so is it would you say that's correct yes yeah, nice. <laughs> and, and also, like, I don't like to. If the co- for my opinion is, if the coaches get too tense in to go to the tournament, it will reflect to his players as well. Mm. But actually, I enjoy the tournament more than the to stay at the stadium training to be honest nice yeah you sound a very relaxed laid-back character and it comes across you're nice <laughs> and chill but you can see there's a bit of passion in there as well but i just want to want to pick up on on that word pressure um we, again before we came on we we just had a brief chat about it in regard to mental toughness and, and and the players being able to perform their best under pressure can you expand on that what what, what you were telling me about the the idea that the environment and the pressure is really contributing to the mental toughness Okay, that's let let us like discuss this pressure. That's you cannot say if you're in in front of line, you cannot say to the the human or anybody, don't be afraid from the line, right? Mm-hmm. It's very hard to 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 convince your mind that oh, okay, don't be afraid. But then for me, is dealing with a player. Yeah, there is a pressure. Yes, but how to deal with the pressure? What's your first step? What's the second step? What if you struggle to get? out from this pressure what mm-hmm. are you going to do so it is a tactical uh, tactical play even mentally it's not like I, I would never say to my players oh okay like forget about that you you, know, you cannot be afraid from this one or this one because it's, it's they will be afraid for sure mm-hmm. they have a lot of pressure they don't want to lose you want to make, make more wins you have want to make success so to avoid pressure is not right like I, I can't think like this way, but I give the, my player. I try to give my my players much confidence in themselves. That the first one, and the second one, how to start and how to like go through pressure. Okay. And performing under pressure. Mm-hmm. And as I told you before, like if you ask me about why Egyptians is as 
better in dealing with pressure. So our culture put a lot of pressure in younger age. Like if like for a lot, like we have like an under 11, maybe thousands of players. So if you under 13, you're not like at least top 10. I think like your parents will quit your sport. So every day you fight for your position. So when it comes to this round, they know how to fight to themselves. Mm. We make like, um, if you want to go to the British Open, you have to play like round robins or like matches to get in. So they yeah. get the best 16 and you have to be top four or top five to mm. get to the British Open. And even like other countries, the British Open, they only have five, so the five goes. Mm. So the pressure is less. Mm-hmm. And when you go to the pressure, if you don't get a medal or win the tournament, that which for us in Egyptian is a failure. Mm. Maybe me as a person, I don't believe in that, but I mean that's how the culture put the pressure. So imagine your life is every day like that. Yeah, it's not only on a squash. Yeah, it's on education. It is about marriage because maybe in early ages of twenty, you have to make a big money <laughs> to get married. You have to buy a house. You have to do whatever you want. So the culture put a lot of pressure in younger young age. Mm-hmm. So if you can pass through this pressure, I think squash will be easy for you. Amazing. Well, that's quite a quite a, a deep description of, of what's going on. And I think, you know, we 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 watch the players and we understand a bit, but the way you describe that is is really interesting. So there's there's two things that come from that little bit that you said. First thing is as a coach, do you then put more pressure on your player at the squash court, or do you think there's almost enough pressure in the tournaments and enough pressure in their life that actually as the coach, you might be more relaxed. What, what do you think on that one to start with? Okay. If you ask me about the pressure I put, yeah, I put a lot of pressure, but not in terms of result. Mm-hmm. The result is like, it's not in your hand. Mm-hmm. I think that the result is, is you ha- like I put pressure that you have to do the hard work you need, the, the effort you have to put on, you have to do it every day. You have to be focused 100%. You have to try to train in what we discussing. And even I put pressure in my routines or whatever, even our structure of the training is hard. So I put different type of pressure because I cannot put like the pressure will you have it in a match, mm-hmm. but at least there is a pressure. I never put a pressure on my, on my players why they win or lose. Right. Because that's like everybody want to win. Yeah. Nobody want to lose. But I will blame you if you didn't make the effort. But if you make the 100% effort, even if it's very bad, I will never blame you. Mm-hmm. I will take it in the next step that we have to improve that. But if you didn't make the effort or gave up or whatever, it pissed me off, to be honest. And I start to like be more harsh because as a player or athlete, you have to with 100% in the day, whatever the result come, come out. So, so that pressure comes more from your expectations of what you believe your player should give back with training sessions as well. So, so you set you set the tone of, of, of the expectations, would you say? I would say it's effort, not expectations, because I think I know, as I told you at the beginning, it is a very deep relationship between my, me and my, pleasure, and my players. So I know how good they are, how they perform. So when I feel that the level down, if the, there is a good explanation why today is maybe sometimes, of course, you're very tired and you cannot perform 100%. Mm-hmm. But because I know that, so I do, my expectation will be lower than every day. Mm. When we step it up, so I have to see that, that step up. So it's not, um, 
you cannot separate the coach from the player. They are both in the same, as we said in Egypt, in the same ship or boat. Okay. So we're sailing in the same direction. So you cannot say we are different opinions on different vision. We are on the same vision, the same way, and same boats, to be honest. That's yeah, that's awesome, man. That sounds so powerful. That's brilliant. And and I suppose the second thing about that, that idea of pressure and 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 you know, all these external pressures. So my question is, how do you work on keeping the players, especially maybe the juniors, their emotions in check? Because obviously with lots of pressure can go crazy emotions. How do you work on trying to keep the balance in emotions when when your players are competing? Okay, as I told you, you cannot control your emotions and and even you cannot con- con- control your your pressure or how how much you're afraid from the match. So if you've come to the junior, I start to give him confidence. Like I think the confidence starts with you at yourself. And even in you like I always train my players, even in hard times you have to show performance. Mm-hmm. Like you show your character itself. Forget about the result and focus only on what you have to do. Okay, like even like I see it in a lot of juniors to be honest. If the parents are very like tense, it reflects to the players straight mm-hmm. away. Even like parents say, "Oh, I never show my emotion," but like that's stupid a little bit because the the, the kid understands the parents too much, and he can see his face expression. Even you can you can't hide it from them. Yeah. So for me, for his first step was junior. I said, "Never say like." Look at your mom or dad or your parents because that will affect your performance. Keep looking at me if you need help because I believe my as me as Hyson, I'm very cool down, lay back, and if I be harsh, I will be in time, not emotional at all in the match. So you can learn from my character more than you go to the parents because the parents cannot control. Their emotions. Even me, when I started coaching, my brother was one of the top players in Egypt. I never tried to coach him. I tried to avoid his matches because I know I would get emotional and that would affect him and it might not help him at all. Yeah, well, you, you exactly sum it up. I think once the family comes in, the, the the emotions and that relationship is just so much heightened, isn't it? And I, I love what you say there about your juniors looking for you, not the parents. And, you know, if they can look at you and you're that calm, relaxed ocean, like everything is relaxed. And like you said, the parents might be saying nothing, but they can just even see from the shoulders of the parents that it's exactly. Crazy. And then the kids are just like, oh man. So and and you you have to work on that. You have to tell your players to kind of keep keep reminding them to to be you know calm and use your characteristics yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. And also the to be honest, to get another point, if the players don't have confidence in their coach, a prob- a lot of problems will happen. Because mm. the, the second step, the, the kid will not believe or not trust his coach 100 percent He starts to look into his parents. Because there is no confidence. Always like the kids, if you put your kid or your son or daughter in an exam at, at age three years old, mm-hmm. he always look at his parents to watch his face to get some confidence. Mm-hmm. And he replied later. But he always look at his parents. <laughs> and that's like how God created us. Yeah. So he always look to your mom and dad mm-hmm. for her life. So no, it makes, makes that's how it yeah, makes makes total sense. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about mental toughness and 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 this 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 concept because 
So what do you, what signs do you think you see in players early on that show mental toughness? Is there anything that comes to mind that you go, that player has got good mental toughness? Uh, to be honest, uh, no. I never see, I've never tried to watch their mental toughness because you're born with it. It is nothing that you can, you can improve it, but you're born with it. Mm-hmm. But I look after the character more than mental side nice. because the mental side you can improve. But the character is more important for me mm. because you can improve the mental. But the character is very hard to improve mm. because you you already have the character. So what I am looking for is the one that willing to give hundred mm-hmm. percent to to or have the hunger or the fire inside to be a world champ. Mm-hmm. Like I see it many times, people like fail a lot, but from inside they're very hungry and the fire is up. And they want badly. And that I know this one will be a world champ one day. Mm, nice. Yeah. And and do you, do you obviously have those conversations with the players and you try and draw it out of them? Or, but you, you just go back to the point. You said it's obviously very natural mental toughness. You think like people have, have it as a natural thing to start with, but, but it can also be improved? Yes, it can be improved. Mm. But actually the toughest people in mental, the mental side I think they already born with it mentally very strong. Mm-hmm. But the people like, like some people, like I'm not saying they are bad mentally, but they're not tough enough like the others. Mm-hmm. Like if you see Nick Matthew, of course, like one of my favorite players, to be honest, and I learned a lot from him. Mm-hmm. Even his way of squashes not look like Egyptians, but I, I really like admire this guy. Mm. Uh, I see how tough his mental is, how his character is showing up in that court. And I, I thought one day, this guy really have a very talented mental side. Yeah. I don't think he, he worked a lot on his mental, maybe, maybe, of course he will work a lot on his mental side, but I mean, his strong part is his mind. Mm. He have very stable character in tough times. Yeah. He always show up. He always fight. He always give hard times. Even he's not in the best, best day in his life. Mm. You know, when you go to Nick, it will be a hard. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, yeah, I was I was lucky enough to talk to Nick uh, a few times over the years and and interview him on on, on the on the series here. And 
I think he says similarly, he says there's, there's that natural bit. He has the natural bit, but also what happened, he, he looked for people that he could have in his team that made that even come out more in his character. So his personal trainer and the people he surrounded himself with, every, all the messages were all on the character that he was. So I think, I think you summarize that well, where you got the, the characteristic, but he had the, had the environment as well. But I'd, yeah. like to, I'd like to know when, when you talk about developing the character of the player, can you talk more on this? Like, like are there examples you can think of or, or, or what do you do to develop the player's character? Yeah, okay. What I do, in, like, I deal with each player differently than the other. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about how, how to get your character out, like how to show up what's inside you. Because a lot of people like, like avoid or hide the emotion inside. Mm-hmm. I want to, to get out the beast inside. Everybody has his own beast, to be honest. But some people to be shy or they don't know how to get it out. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, some people like afraid from losing. Some people afraid not to achieve. Some people are very calm and very happy with what they achieve. So I will look after what is missing in this character. Mm-hmm. And I start to get the, the motive that he needs. And he starts, we as a team, think we had like how to achieve the best we can do. What's the next step? And also, like I always look for the next step. Like even your world champ doesn't mean that's like the end of the 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 the, the, the achievements. I would say, okay, how to be world number one? How to stay like as long as as no world number one? Mm-hmm. Whatever, like I start to more and more and more. Even you won the tournament, I will go back to my to my like like to the stadium, the place I train. And I'll start to say, you did that bad and you have to improve that and you have to improve that. So later on, we both need more. Mm-hmm. We both want to achieve more. We want do, we don't know want to stop. But we have to find the motive to get the character out. Mm. Because after the winning tournament, is very hard because you think you achieve everything. So sometimes you will be lay, lay back. So if you lay back, it will affect yeah. you. And, and right. if you step it up, it will get mm-hmm. domination. So I like the people that you win tournament and go back to back tournaments and you won back. And like, I think one of the best season for Rami, he won 50 plus tournaments, mm-hmm. uh, 50 plus like matches. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. And one like Muhammad Shorbagi, I think in one season, he won all the majors except the old champ. Yeah. Imagine how tough is this guy. Yeah. How he wanted more than any other player. Mm. So that the people that I really admire mm. in my life. Like I think Ranim for my players, like one of the one like the players that last two years, she almost every tournament you know that she, she will step it up. She will step it up. So she keep dominating for a year and a half. Yeah. Not, even she lose, you know that it's once out of three, four. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the, 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 the character, the champion's character, to be honest. Yeah, that's amazing. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you this, but you might not be able to share too much, but I'd, I'd actually like to know a bit more from some of your players, like, so with Tarek and Hania, um, Yusuf Solomon, are there some examples that, that you can say that's their character and we, we've developed a certain way? Or can you share a little bit of that with us? Yeah, of course. Like, I think, like, for my players right now, if you ask me who is a strong mentally, I would say 
I think Hania and Marwan is one uh, both are very strong mentally. Uh, that and of course, Tarek, I can say that he's not um, one of the best players that you can get, like as mental toughness. Mm-hmm. But I would say he still could be better in mental side. Yep. And and when he sold that, I believe he he can be award number one. Mm-hmm. And and also, I think Hania, one of the th- toughest players as character and mental side, she can fight endless. But also because she's young age, she have to be more mature mm. to 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 direct her emotions and and their full, full potential. Mm. Marwan is one of the best mental players I ever seen. Uh, but sometimes in that stage, you have to be more consistent, mm-hmm. and that's for Marwan. If you ask me, Yusuf Suleiman, he's very good there, but he. In that age, sometimes you you not the result is not in your sight. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have bad results. So I think mentally, sometimes it helps when you get the result. Yeah. When he got the result, he will get the confidence. And when then you see, see his real character. Mm. Uh, that the the current players, of course, are in retired. Yeah, I'll hope. <laughs> well, again, she probably won't come back. But we, I think, everyone's like going, please, Renee, come back. We love, we love. Yeah. It's a golden girl. Everyone just loves it, don't they? Like even her words, her her rivals seem to like her a lot as well. She just had a beautiful character. Yeah. Of course, like we're getting back to Torik. Like I think Torik achieved a lot in his career. But if you ask me, he need to be world number one, and that's the next step for him and when he reached this level i think he would be more short than you see him because okay. now the pressure is so high yeah. because at that level you imagine how many players is fighting to be world number one yeah of course so the pressure will be high even you reach every time the semifinals and finals but mm. you're not like satisfied what you achieve mm. so for him i think when he reached number one or here yeah, like one more I think he will be more dangerous than he is now. Because mm. it's all, sometimes when you won two or three tournaments or three two big two matches, it gives you more confidence. And even you lost in the final, sometimes it gives you negative energy more than positive. Mm. So everyone has to find out the positive insights. Yeah, no, that's yeah, it's going to be exciting to see your players because you have got um, you've got some amazing players under you. And, and yeah, talk, having this chat and seeing what's going to happen in a few years will be brilliant. So I'm really curious to know, how do you get the players you're working with to try and think for themselves? Because I think as coaches, we, we know how important it is for our players to, to be able to adapt and change their game and, and be able to think in the moment when pressure is on. Are there any examples that you get players to do to start to think for themselves some more? Of course. Like I have a lot of examples like to give how the coach can make the players think. First, you have to watch. Like for me, I have to watch a lot. I will watch with my players a lot of matches and and discuss each details, tiny details. At that moment, what he did mistake or what he did right, and what if he failed in solving this problem, what the next step he he should do. When Ranim lost in ten six and in the world champs, it was like very depressing for her, mm. to be honest, and a lot of. Like people will think negatively at that moment, like because we lost the opportunity for the first time. Mm-hmm. For me, I was thinking at that time, Ranim was crying badly, and I was uh, I would say, 
well done. That was my first, like, first, like, uh, my first words to Ranim. Yeah. I said, well done. Wow. And she said, no, I lost the, the opportunity. I didn't play well. I said, no, you did 100%. And, and, and it was amazing match. You give it 100% and it isn't like the end of the world. Mm-hmm. I think we have more achievement to do. And at that time, I called her on the phone. I said, the world champion already done. We have to be award number one. Then I changed her mind, not only to think about, oh, the world champ, because it's already done, like we already finished. I will make a bigger dream. I said, the one he become world number one is the one, the best player in the world. Not the one, he, the, the one, the world champ, because the world champ is one tournament at the end. Then we start to think about how to be world number one and get the motive up, and get the challenge up. Nice. So, in a, instead of taking the player down, I would take him up to a next level. Even you lose, you win. Even Hania, when she lost the last blackboard, I told her, it's better to come now to learn from something. Next time, we have to be prepared on this time. Mm. Because, of course, I would take it to, to tiny details. Like, at that moment, you deal with this points wrongly, you were so angry and you start to perform badly or whatever I would say at that moment because mm-hmm. I would break down the game to a tiny points and depend on the moment how to deal with it is the most important for me. Yeah. And also back to Ranim at 10-6, I told her the problem is not that you lost this game at 10-6. The problem is in the fifth game, you didn't show up. Mm, I see. So it wasn't my point that she lost in, in in the fourth game. My point was, why not winning the fifth, even your 10-6 up in the fourth? It doesn't mean that you lost your hope. Mm, of course. And and how, when did you have that conversation with her? Right after the tournament? Or did you wait for a little bit? Because I think the timing is, is important as well to have the conversation about world number one and, and new things. Yeah. Like discussing the world number one was the second day. Mm-hmm. And and discussing the, the moment uh, about losing at 10-6 was the second day as well. Okay. So uh, my opinion is it isn't about when you discuss. It is about the player himself. Mm. I never discuss with a player when he loses straight away and have a fight or have a hard conversation or are just making calm down. Yeah. And then we discuss when he come back to normal. And sometimes the player for, like want to to speak at the moment, mm-hmm. so you cannot say you cannot stop him stop him from speaking, mm-hmm. or not discussing with him the ideas. So I feel you have to listen to the player, not only yourself. Mm. Well, it sounds like it goes back to that. But we talked about at the beginning about the relationship with your player and how strong you need to make that. You understand your player, when to talk about something difficult, when to motivate them, when to say that wasn't good enough. And, and I think that whole relationship, yeah, like takes time and sounds like you're doing a great job. So I'm curious to know, do you... Do you use visualization with your players? You know, I think you hear a lot of sportsmen, maybe in the Western world, they do lots of practice for visualization, closing their eyes, imagining good scenarios, bad scenarios. What, what do you think about visualization for training the mind? 
I didn't try to to do it with my players. To be honest, I never think about it. I'm as I told you, I'm very practical a little bit. <laughs> it yeah. might help. I'm not sure. Like I didn't try it before, but I think my opinion. We already visualizing the points by getting back the 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 video or in your mind at that moment what you have to do and what you have to do is is part of visualization without yeah. like closing your eyes or thinking about the match. You already oh yeah I did that wrong because you will answer me because I thought at one two three or mm-hmm. I get it back wrong or have bad decision. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it's part of visualization, but in different way. Of course. And, and there's so many different ways to do it. And I've been looking into it. And yes, you can have your eyes closed. But you can also visualize while you're walking, walking with your dogs or outside, just thinking about yes. the match. So it doesn't have to be like a strict practice. And like you said, looking at video is definitely a form of visualization. So yeah, no, it sounds like you do it already. Um, and what happens when your players lose their motivation? You know, they're struggling to, they, they you know, they, they, just, they just don't want, not that they don't want to, but when that motivation goes and the confidence goes, what type of conversation do you have and, and how do you deal with this part of the player? Okay, each player have a deep inside like character. Mm-hmm. Sometime when he's demotivated, he stopped talking. And when he stopped talking, that means it would be worse. So I try to get inside from inside the word he want to say. Okay. Even if even it's so bad, I don't mind. Because hearing what inside will help him to improve in in or get back the passion or the, get back the motivation. Mm. But if he like hundred percent log the words inside him, I know the negative side will show up like later. Even it might show up in the tournament itself. I try to open up and he open up for me. Mm-hmm. So we can get to uh, the right mental status. Like imagine like, I, I actually, it was a hard time when, when, when Tarek lost his world champ in Chicago. Mm. Because Tarek, of course, he's very deep motivated at that time. He, of course, is a runner up of the world champ. But he didn't win the tournament. Even he has one of the best tournaments in his career, but also it wasn't enough. Like I was struggling, not struggling. We were struggling to get him outside, even himself. Right. But but putting a more motivation, Tarek is not the end of career. You have a lot. Mm-hmm. You have to stand up and be a world champ. You have to be our world number one, and that was my confidence in my players always. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, at the beginning, we, we you have to hear the negative side. That he already has, and 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 I think that is his right. Like like, it isn't easy for him or me to lose the wood champ. So I have to get the gun, get him back confident, get him like him hard, get the the fire up. Yeah. Or he will be demotivated. So in regards to the mindset of your players going into a match. What do you talk to your players about and how do you prepare them for going into the match? I can imagine it's different for all players, but can you give some examples of they just about to go into that match, maybe a big tournament as well? How do you get them to think about the game and what's going on? I'm first, like I get the fire up, as I told you. Mm-hmm. I start to more, like motivate them. I start to give them confidence in what they do. I start to remind them how to start the game, mm-hmm. how to be short in the start of the game, how to... Uh, like I think the hardest is to how to start the game. 
mm-hmm. if you get in the match in the beginning in the right way with all of motivation and fire up, I think you will deal well. I'll start to remind him with three points, like maybe how to play with this player, how to like be active in the court, how to avoiding the, like to be passive, mm-hmm. and that's it. And just like give him some confidence and avoiding the like to be passive. Even you do whatever you want or whatever we deal like we already deal with the tactic like we said the tactic. So whatever you do, just do it with without being passive because sometimes you want to be relaxed in the match yeah. and it actually end up that you are passive because you think you are relaxing but it actually it end up that you are passive because you thought that that would make you relax. Mm. Yeah, no, totally. I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. The, the, the starting of the matches is such an important thing that sometimes maybe players and coaches ignore a little bit and they just go, okay, we're thinking of maybe the end of the match, but actually that that the first few moments in the match are, are highly important. And it might link to my next question about, do you think it's important for a player to focus on their game plan and delivering this? or to be more open-minded and adapt to the opponent? So, you know, you can get a player to really focus on what they need to do, or do you think the player should be more open to adapt when they play? I think both. Okay. And how do you work? Yeah. What, what do you do to work this? these aspects? Um, what I do to make them, at first, the, to remind them what we train on, what's our already our default plan, what we are technically work on, during the month or two months during the preseason or the preparation. And and the second one, I start to remind them how to play with this player, like tips and tricks, how to play with this type of game. Hysam, this has been such a such a cool chat and, and thank you so much for your time. Um, and I've, I've just thank taken a lot out of this. But in closing, I, I think we've seen sport as a whole, football, all sports in general, evolve tremendously over the past 30, 40 years. Where do you see the next progression in, in the game of squash, do you think? Okay. Uh, I think, like, uh, for me, the progression of squash was amazing in terms of sport. But I think in terms of uh, what is spreading and also marketing and TV show is not that amazing. Like, I think we have to work on the marketing and TV more than the sport. The sport is amazing on its own mm-hmm. for me, but up about publicity is not there yet. So I think if we have someone help us in marketing our sport, it will be the best for all of us as a sportsman playing squash. Okay. No, I totally agree. I think it, the game itself, we watch it and, and even spectators, it, the product is amazing, isn't it? You know, it's exciting. It's fun. It's, it's fast. It's, you know, the Egyptians doing some amazing things, but it needs more people need to see it, don't they? We need to get more eyeballs on it, which uh, yeah, it sounds like you're saying that message. Um, so listen, we've covered so much ground with the mental side, preparation, pressure, how are we yeah. going? But do you have any final messages or thoughts around mental toughness that we might not have covered in this conversation? Any, anything you can maybe give as a final thing to think about yeah i think like if you want to ask me like an advice or anybody for in squash it, like you're supposed to be a champ or very strong mentally you have to have the belief if your belief is so high in yourself i think your mental side will be very strong okay it's all about your own belief if you doubt your belief you never be like tough mentally 
because mm-hmm. there's a lot of doubts. Mm-hmm. If you're confident in yourself and your belief is high, I think 90% you will reach your goal one day. But then as, as a coach, how do, you, how do you help a player realize that belief and how do you make them try grow it? Because I think that's, a, that's an important thing. Would you say as a coach to try help the belief with the player? Yes. Mm-hmm. And do you have any I start to dream with him. I start with a dream. Okay. I start to give, like, I make a bigger dream. If you want to be a champ, then I will give him the, the, the my words would be, yes, you can. Let's just start now. Let's just work on that and that and that. You can be better than that. And I start to give, like, make his belief bit, bit, like bigger than he like he could do it mm-hmm. like even you believe that oh that's better for you i will start to think with you how to get that these people like this player like you can crush this player he do one two three we can do one two three mm-hmm. and that's how it worked with me mm. yeah it sounds like what i get from from this conversation you're, you're very big on communication i think you communicate really well with your players you you, you give them the dream and i think that 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 trust from your players, which is absolutely amazing. And listen, Heisen, this has, again, genuinely been a real treat for me. I hope you've enjoyed talking a little bit about the mind and, and things with the mind a little bit. Yes, I love it. I love <laughs> it. It was an amazing conversation, to be honest. Brilliant. Oh, thank you so much, man. And listen, me and everyone who's listening, I'm sure, are going to really follow your players. And there's going to be some great <laughs> things from the established players you've got. But you've got a lot of young players coming through that are causing some lots of damage. So I wish you all the best. And hopefully we can have this chat again in maybe six months, a year's time and see where we're at. I hope so. I hope so. Yes, mate. Okay. Bye-bye. Presence. Process. Persistence, the essence of Squash Mind. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.